Amen. Well, good morning, Living Stones. It's so good to see all of you this morning. Uh, grateful to be with you, being able to worship with you, share God's word with you today. Um, we're going to have uh, an awesome time. And uh, I just want you to know that like, I've, I've been praying for you guys throughout this week. Um, there's been, um, it, it's going to be kind of a heavy topic that we're talking about this morning, um, but one that I trust that God has already been preparing your hearts for as he has been uh, mine as well. So I'm looking forward to it. So uh, we are continuing our series that we began last Sunday that we're calling Baggage. And, and if you did not, uh, if you weren't here or you haven't had a chance to, I would encourage you to go back and either watch it on our Facebook page or listen to the podcast. Um, it really kind of sets up where we're going to be going over the next couple of weeks. And, and really kind of one of the main ideas that we talked about last Sunday was that every single one of us is walking around and we carry different baggage with us. Every single one of us, and, and yours is going to be different than mine. It's going to be different from somebody sitting across the, the aisle from you. That we all have baggage. We all have things from our past that we've been holding on to, that we've been lugging around, that we've been carrying, and, and ultimately that God wants us to be able to let go of. Maybe it's things that you've done in your past or things that have been done to you. Maybe things that have been said to you or said about you in your past, hurts, disappointments, unhealthy relationships, choices, like every single one of us are carrying around baggage from our past. And and ultimately, the baggage that we're carrying inhibits us from being the men and women, the people that God has called and created us to be. And so if we want to, if we want to be who it is that God has, has called us to be, we need to be able to learn how we can let go of some of that baggage, let go of some of that stuff from our past so that we can walk into the future that God has for us. As I shared with you last Sunday, the final kind of like thing I shared with you guys last week is that Jesus said that he who, is the, who the Son has set free, he is free indeed. And, and that's my prayer for all of us as a church family, that we're going to be able to start to experience some freedom in our lives, freedom from some of that baggage, some of that mess from our past. Now, on a light note, just to kind of start today, I, I turned 40 years old this past year, and I'm the oldest one of my, my three siblings. I have a younger brother and a younger sister, and, you know, Angela, she's actually the oldest of five girls. Um, she has four younger sisters, and so, you know, like being being the oldest, Angela and I have had a lot of conversations about what being the oldest means. You know, like there's, there's one, of, one of the things about being the oldest, and if you have kids, you know this, is that your oldest is kind of the guinea pig for all the rest of your kids. Like you try things out on your oldest kids, and if they, if they turn out well, you're thinking, all right, well, I'm going to do that. I'll repeat that again. But obviously, um, if you've massively screwed up, well, you just say, all right, well, I'm not doing that again. And, and so like I... I so, like, if my parents are watching this, like, I always felt like my parents were way harder on me than they were on my younger brother or sister. And, you know, like, yeah, see, you know what I'm talking about. You know, like, being the oldest, like, it can be tough at times. But there are some perks about being the oldest, too. Like, I got to drive before either my brother or my sister got to drive. I had a later curfew. I could stay out later than, than either my brother or sister could. And there's just some, some privileges that come with being the oldest. Now, w- one of them being, if you're the oldest, like I could force my younger brother and sister 
to do some things against their will just because I was older, I was bigger, I was stronger. And, and I know like a lot of you are like way holier than I am, so you didn't do that to your younger brothers and sisters, but I did. You know, it was like I remember going to play baseball in the backyard with, with my brother, and of course, like I wanted to be the one to hit. So I would force him to be the one to pitch, and then after I hit, I would force him to be the one to go chase down all the balls that I just hit, because I, I didn't want to do that, so I made him do it. You know, and like Angela shares this story that she, of course, being the oldest of five girls, and they liked to play house. Well, there were no boys to be the dad when they would play house. And so because Angela was the oldest, she would always be the mom, and she would make one of her younger sisters always be the dad when they played house, because she was the oldest. So, you, know, you can just kind of force your way. You can kind of make them do some of those things. And, and if we're honest here, those of us who are the oldest, like we could probably fill a book with all of, you know, the dumb and quite honestly kind of mean things that we used to do to our younger brothers and sisters. And if you're one of the younger ones, you could probably fill a book with all the, the mean and stupid things that your older siblings ended up doing to you. And, and so, you know, for the most part, I, I think most of those things that happened when we were younger were fairly, fairly harmless, fairly benign. And hopefully you've been able to forgive one another and make up and, and prayerfully you're closer now with your siblings than you were when maybe when you were younger. I pray that to be the case. I guess I've never really asked. If my, if, if my brother and sister forgive me for all the stupid stuff I used to do to them. But, but I, th- I was thinking about this idea of, of forgiveness and making relationships right once again. But what happens when those things that happen to you go way deeper and are way more hurtful than having to go fetch baseballs or making your sister be the dad, be the husband when you're playing house? Like what if the things that happen to you, you bear some scars from those that are way deeper than just, you know, childhood shenanigans, things like that. And, and this, this topic that we're going to talk about this morning may be a difficult one for some in the room today. I, I know this has been a difficult topic for me as I was putting this, this message together today, because we're going to be talking about this idea of forgiveness. Forgiving people who have hurt us, forgiving people that have wounded each one of us. Now, if I asked you the question here, and I'm not, I'm not going to, but if I asked you, who in your life, who was the one that betrayed you? Who was the one that let you down? Who was the one that lied to you or lied about you? Who is the person in your life who mistreated you or neglected you or took advantage of you? Like, I'm sure that when I ask those questions, immediately somebody pops to mind. Because we don't have to go digging too far. We don't have to go digging too deep to identify who that person was that has significantly hurt us or significantly wounded us. Because even though we've, many of us, maybe we've forgiven, maybe we've tried to move on, but some of those hurts are still very raw. And they're not too far under the surface. And this morning what we're going to be talking about is having the faith to forgive. Because forgiveness is an act of faith. It's not something that just happens. It's something we do in faith. And we're going to talk about that this morning. Now, one of the most cumbersome pieces of baggage that any of us carry around with us is that baggage of unforgiveness that somebody hurt you in some way, somebody did something to you, 
and it's hard to put down. It's hard to get past. And, and oftentimes, you like, we can hear the word forgiveness, and, and it can, it, it, there's a lot of emotion wrapped up in that word often. You know, often it can be kind of this glib term that's thrown around. Oh, you know, we just need to forgive and forget. We just need to forgive and be able to move on. And it's easy to talk about forgiveness when it's something small, when it's something that happened one time, or maybe it's something that happened a, a long time ago. But what happens when it is not small? What, it, what happens when the thing that happened to you, that wound that you're carrying, was not some small thing, but it was big, and it was deep, and it was damaging? You know, when the person who hurt you or betrayed you or wounded you was somebody that you trusted, somebody that you looked up to, you admired, somebody that you loved. You know, maybe it was the, the kid who bullied you in school just incessantly, where it made you feel like, I don't even know that I want to live anymore. And you contemplated hurting yourself. Maybe it was, maybe it was a father in your life who, who, like you desperately, you just wanted to please, no matter what it is, you were just trying to please him, and nothing ever seemed good enough. He always made you feel small and insignificant. Or maybe it was a spouse who you trusted, who you believed, and they betrayed that trust, and they crushed your heart. Or maybe for you, it was like an authority figure in your life, somebody that was supposed to guard you, somebody who was supposed to protect you. And instead of protecting you, that person touched you inappropriately. And in their kind of twisted, sick way, somehow they managed to make you feel like it was your fault what happened. Like, we're talking some real, raw things. And sometimes we ask, like, all right, do we really need to forgive somebody that's done that? Like, I get this idea of forgiving people that have hurt, but do I really need to forgive them? Do I really need to forgive that? Especially when they don't deserve it at all. When they've never reached out, they've never tried to make amends, and never tried to make things right. What do I do with that? You know, practically speaking, how do we forgive when people have done the unforgivable to us? Like I said, this could be a tough message to hear because every one of us carry around wounds. And I would venture to say every one of us in this room has somebody or something that we are struggling to forgive. Because not just that, though, not, not just the idea of forgiving something that's big, but maybe you've actually given it like the old college try. You've really tried to forgive somebody. You've really attempted over and over again. You've tried to, to forgive them, and yet it's still right there with you. Like, it, it's not, it doesn't go away. No matter how hard you've tried to forgive somebody, it just is still there. Like, it, it reminded me yesterday, I, I was vacuuming at our house, and you know, like, sometimes you'll get, like, that piece of lint or something on the carpet, and you go over it with the vacuum, and it doesn't come up. And so you kind of, like, go at it from a different angle, and you're vacuuming it again, and it still won't come up. And so you kind of come at it, like, from a third way, and, you know, like, you go at it, like, with all your strength, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and you're just trying to vacuum this, this piece of lint, and it won't come up. And so what do we do then? We, we bend down, we pick it up, we look at it, and then we put it back down on the floor, and we try again, don't we? Like, how many, like we've all been there, like where we've tried to do that. 
And how many times maybe we've made that, those same attempts. We've tried to forgive somebody. And yet it happens over and over. And we've done everything we can and it just doesn't feel like it's working. You know, like I shared with you, like the, this series that we're doing called, called Baggage has been a very personal one for me. I, I shared with you a little bit last week some of the baggage that I carry around, and this has been one for me, if I'm honest, that I struggle with unforgiveness at times. Um, more specifically, people that have hurt my wife or hurt my kids. Sometimes it's, it's easier to forgive somebody who hurts you versus somebody who hurts somebody that you love. But one thing that, that God and, and Scripture teaches crystal clear about is that as followers of Christ, we've been called to forgive. We've, we, we, have been, we have been called to forgive. I, I, I'm going to give you three quick examples, but I could give you dozens more that Scripture talks to us as believers, as followers of Christ, about what it means to forgive, how important it is to forgive. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 and 44, Jesus said, he said, you have heard that it was said to love your neighbor and to hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Man, that's a tough pill to swallow right there. Ephesians 4.32, Paul writes, he says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. He's saying we ought to forgive others in the same way that God has forgiven us. Luke chapter 17, verse 1 and verses 3 through 5, Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause you to stumble are bound to come. There's going to be things that happen in life. So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. He's saying it's okay to, to tell somebody the truth. It's okay to correct somebody when they've hurt you. And if they repent, forgive them. And even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. And I love their response. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Like if you remember a couple weeks ago, I talked to you about that, where they asked for, for Jesus to increase their faith. And I find it so unique that the context by which they were asking is when Jesus was saying, all right, if somebody continues to hurt you, continues to wound you, continues to, to do something to you over and over again, he's saying, I want you to still forgive them anyways. And their reply is, God, increase our faith. It takes faith to forgive. So I don't know what happened to you. I don't know what it is that you've walked through, that you've experienced in your life. I don't know what you need to forgive or who you need to forgive. And it may be awful. It may, it may be horrible and unfair. And it definitely is not easy. Forgiveness is, is never an easy thing, but God tells us to forgive. And so this begs the question, what does it even mean to forgive? Like it's one thing to say, yes, we ought to forgive, but what does it actually mean to do it? What does it actually mean to forgive and sometimes I find it easier in order to get an understanding of what something is to actually talk about what it isn't first. And so that's what I want to begin. What forgiveness is not? And so the first thing I want to share with you is that forgiveness is not forgetting. 
That whole idea of for, forgive and forget, it's a lie. Forgiveness is not forgetting. To forgive doesn't mean that we just wipe our brain uh, of the things that happened and just pretend it didn't occur. We pretend it didn't happen to us. It's not sweeping it under the rug. It's not pretending, oh, that wasn't wrong. It, 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 what's not such a big deal? Don't worry about it. Don't stress about it. No, not at all. Forgiveness is not saying, all right, well, I'm just, I'm just a doormat for the rest of my life. People can just do and say and act towards me in any way that they feel. That's, that's not what forgiveness is. You don't have to continue to let people hurt you or abuse you and just smile and take it for the glory of God. That, that's not what forgiveness is. You don't, have to, you don't have to maintain a relationship. You don't have to be close. Send a Christmas card and like and comment on every Facebook or, or Instagram post. Like you can forgive somebody and still set up healthy boundaries. And that's the truth. You can forgive somebody and say, you know what, there are still consequences for what took place. And that's okay. It's okay to set up those healthy boundaries and say, because this happened, I'm, I'm letting go of the past. I, you, you don't owe me anything anymore, but I'm not going to keep putting myself out there. I'm not going to continue to allow myself to be trampled over. Forgiving doesn't mean that you allow people to continue to hurt you. But another thing that forgiveness is not is forgiveness is not fair. And this is one of the hard things about forgiveness to grasp and really wrap our minds around because forgiveness is not fair at all. It's not natural. Like the, the natural response, when somebody does something to us, if, if somebody comes and hits you, our natural response is, oh, I'm going to just hit you right back. Like that's, that's the natural thing. That, that's, what, that's the fair thing. They did this to you, all right, you're getting one right back. You're getting what's coming to you. That's what would be fair. But Jesus, he tells us to do something that's very unnatural. He tells us to do something that's unfair. You know, where, where Jesus said, all right, to pray for your enemies. I, I shared that, that scripture with you before. He said to, to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Like it's tempting to say, all right, fine, I'll, I'll pray for them. I pray they're going to get hemorrhoids. I, I, you know, I pray, I pray that, that God is just going to, God's going to help even the score here. You know, like, but as a husband, and I'll tell you, you husbands, and that's not exclusive to husbands, but I'm just, that's my point of view. Like when there's somebody that's hurt my wife deeply and who's wounded her, I tell you, like there's, there's a rage that rises up that's hard to explain. Like if you have a child and somebody hurts one of your kids, like there's something that, that just boils up that, that it is, it's hard to express. And, and you have a desire to want to get back. Give them what's fair. Give them what's coming to them. And what's interesting about the idea of fairness, like we, we think we like the idea of fairness. We think we like the idea of people getting what they deserve and getting what comes to them. But we actually don't like it if, we wouldn't like it if God was fair to us. Because, it, because God isn't always fair, and, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that God isn't fair to me. I'm grateful that God doesn't give me what I deserve. But he gives me something I don't deserve. What Angelus shared in, in the song, Reckless Love, that I couldn't earn it, and I don't deserve God's grace and his love and his forgiveness. He's always just, but God is not 
always fair. And that's good news for you and for me. The psalmist writes in Psalm 103, verses 10 through 12, he says, He does not always treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Psalm 103 describes how unfair God is. And that's a beautiful thing. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not always fair. So, so what is forgiveness then? What, 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 what is forgiveness? And, and I, I'm describing forgiveness as forgiveness is giving others what God gave me. Forgiveness is giving to others what God gave to me. I didn't deserve it, but God still extended grace and love and mercy and forgiveness to me. And forgiveness is sharing that same love, that same grace, that same forgiveness that I was extended, giving that to somebody else. For those of us that are, that are followers of Christ, like we've been shown some amazing grace that we didn't deserve at all. Like, I, I don't know about you, I've been forgiven of some pretty heinous things. There's things I've done and things I said and things I've participated in that I am not proud of. And yet God is, in his mercy, has still extended that forgiveness to me, even though I didn't deserve it. He's given me a second and a third and a fourth and a fifth and a sixth I, I, chance on and on. Forgiveness is giving to others what God has given to us. And let me tell you, forgiveness is at the heart of the gospel. It's at the heart of the gospel. First John 1 John 1.9, Apostle John, he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That, that word sin is actually, it's like an archery term. And it really means like missing the mark. So whether, whether I've missed the mark by this much or whether I've missed it by this much, we've all fallen short. We've all missed the mark. And if we confess our sins before God, saying, God, I'm sorry that I was hateful. I'm sorry for those lustful thoughts I was having. I'm sorry for that thing that I said, that thing that I did. I'm sorry that I lied. Forgiveness is granted to us. And I want to tell you, like, forgiveness is given to others what God has already freely given to us. In other words, the gospel isn't about just receiving forgiveness, but it's also about extending forgiveness as well. It's not just about being a recipient of grace, but it's being a giver of grace as well. Forgiveness doesn't just flow to us, it flows through us. It flows out of us. That same grace, that same forgiveness that God has extended to me, he's asked us to extend to others. I, as, as I was praying about this, I was thinking, man, how many times I've heard or read or recited the Lord's Prayer? I, I, I grew up Catholic, and so like, I, could, I could recite it in my sleep. I could probably recite the Lord's Prayer backwards. And when you think about what that, that example prayer that Jesus gives, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. Have you ever stopped to think what you're actually saying right there? God, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my mess as I forgive those in the same manner that I am being forgiven. I want to forgive others who have trespassed against me, who have sinned against me. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty tall request. God, forgive me in the same way, in the same manner that I'm forgiving others. And so why would God ask us to forgive? Like, why, why would he ask us to do something? Like, forgiveness is not easy. It's hard. So why would he ask us to do it? And, I, and I, could, I could come up with a ton of reasons, but I think the biggest one, and again, this sounds so simple, I think the biggest reason that God asks us to forgive people that have hurt and wounded and wronged us is because God loves you. God loves you. Forgiveness isn't necessarily for the person that hurt you. Forgiveness is for you. It, it's, it's a gift. All right, he doesn't ask us to forgive so the other person is healed and the other person is made right. God asks us to forgive people so that we can be healed and so that our hearts can be made right. In other words, forgiving somebody doesn't set them free, it sets me free. Being able to forgive people that have hurt doesn't set them free, it sets me free. And I want you to know, like, I, I've, I've been, I, I mentioned this before, I've been praying for you as I was preparing this message because I know a sermon like this does have potential to dig up a lot of hurts, a lot of things that have, that have gone on, and it's easier to just try to move on, to forget about it, not to deal with it. And let me hear, let, let me, I guess please hear me say this. I hope there's no part of this where you think, Oh, you know, yeah, we just give forgiveness. We just forgive, and, and, it's, and it's easy. Because it's not easy. It's much easier to hold on to a grudge. It's much easier to hold on to, to bitterness and to unforgiveness. It's easier to wish the worst for somebody else, to plan and to plot how you're going to even the score. Like, that's the easy thing. It's easy not to talk, to shut down, to isolate, to allow your family to be split apart. Like, that's easy. But you heard me say on Easter Sunday, the will of God is not always easy, but it's always good. It's always good. And it takes, let me hear, I, I want you to hear this. It takes faith to forgive. It takes faith to forgive. It's not something, if, if, you, if, you, if we waited until we felt like forgiving somebody, we would never do it. Forgiveness isn't a feeling. It takes faith to forgive. I mean, that when the disciples asked, when, when Jesus told, was telling them about what it, being a follower of Christ, what, what that looks like for us to forgive. And when they, when they heard that, they were overwhelmed to, this, to the point of saying, Lord, increase our faith. I, like, I, get, I get what you're saying about forgiveness, but I don't have that much faith. I don't know that I have enough faith to forgive somebody who hurt me and wounded me seven times in a day. And it keeps happening over and over again. I don't know if I have that much faith. And they prayed, Lord, increase my faith. It takes faith to forgive. Because faith doesn't mean that we feel gracious. Like, I, I don't know that I've ever forgiven somebody and felt like forgiving them. 
It doesn't mean that we feel excited about it in the moment, but faith often activates long before our feelings follow. There's a lot of times we need to, to make a step of faith and do something even when we don't feel like it. And sometimes, and sometimes it's a long time coming, those feelings will follow. But forgiveness is an act of faith. I'm choosing to offer the same thing that God has offered to me. And oftentimes, forgiveness is not a, a one-time event, and it's just over. Most of the time, forgiveness is a process. Most of the time, forgiveness takes time. And I'll tell you this, for the most part, and I've found this to be true, the deeper the wound, the longer the process. The more substantial the hurt, the longer it takes to work through it. And that's okay. It might take a long time. Sometimes it takes the help and the counsel of a, of a trusted advisor, a, a counselor, somebody that you, that you value and trust who has the heart of God. And that's okay. That's not a bad thing to need to talk through that and have somebody pray with you for some of those deep and those hurt wounds, those hurting wounds. I, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine recently, and he was sharing with me about a, a couple in his church that he was counseling, and, and one of the couple that had been unfaithful and was trying to, they were trying to say, all right, can we make this work? Can we, can, can this marriage be saved? And and one of the things, you know, he, he told them was, you know, the, the betrayed spouse had biblical grounds for divorce. That unfaithfulness in marriage, it is biblical grounds to, to be divorced. And, and, and he told them something that was really hard to hear, but it was also very true. Saying that not a, a, adultery obviously is biblical grounds for divorce, but it's also biblical grounds for forgiveness too. Like you could choose to walk away and nobody would look down on you. Nobody would think any less of you if you walked away from that marriage. Or you can choose in faith to offer something that they don't deserve and offer forgiveness and to try to work on it. Now, let me just say again, again, forgiveness doesn't mean that you're a doormat. It doesn't mean that people can just walk all over you and continue to hurt and abuse you. That's not what I'm saying at all. But sometimes we need to take that step of faith. Sometimes we need to be willing to do something that's hard and say, all right, I don't feel like it in the moment, but I'm going to choose to forgive anyway. I, I performed a wedding yesterday, and one of the things I shared uh, during the wedding is any good marriage is made up of two very good forgivers. People that are willing to extend an awful lot of grace I'm willing to give Angela a ton of grace in our marriage because I know I'm going to require a ton of grace in our marriage. And so when we're praying about this, when you're praying about forgiveness and, and leaning into this idea of what it looks like to forgive, like it's easy to think this question, well, how much forgiveness do they deserve? How much, how much forgiveness do they deserve? You know, this happens over and over and over again. And no matter how many times we've attempted to forgive, no matter how many times we've tried to move on, it just continues to happen. How much forgiveness do they really deserve? And obviously that's the wrong question. The right question to ask is, how much freedom do I desire? Because that's what freedom is about. Or excuse me, that's what forgiveness is about. Forgiveness is about finding freedom. By faith, I'm choosing to forgive. By faith, I'm choosing to do something that I don't feel 
in the moment. And I'm saying, what you did to me no longer is going to hold me prisoner. What you did to me, I am choosing to let go of. It's not going to limit my future anymore. That betrayal, I'm not going to let it poison my soul. I'm not going to let it pollute my heart anymore. What you said was wrong. What you did was evil. But I'm not going to let it rob me of my future. That's what unforgiveness does. It's a thief that robs us of our future. That I'm no longer going to be a prisoner. It takes faith to forgive. It takes faith to forgive. And I know it's tough. And I know it's a process. And I may not have walked through what you've walked through. And I may not have experienced what you've experienced. But one thing I've found is that the greatest healing happens on the other side of pain. The greatest freedom we have in our life happens on the other side of pain. Forgiveness doesn't change the past. It doesn't erase what took place. It doesn't fix the betrayal and the hurt and doesn't change what happened. But what forgiveness does is it changes me. It changes me. It changes my future. So what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is freely giving what God has already freely given to me. Now, I, I want to close by introducing you to a woman. Her name is Ava Kaur. Now, th this is a, a picture of Ava taken a, a few years before she passed. And she was born a Jew in Romania. And along with her entire family, they were shipped to Auschwitz uh, concentration camp during World War II. In fact, this is actually Ava pointing out, this is a picture of her when she was a young girl. And the, the girl standing to her right is actually her twin sister. And when her family was shipped to Auschwitz, her mother, her father, and her two older sisters were immediately sent to the gas chambers. And if you know the story, if you know the sick, twisted mind of Joseph Mengele, who was, he was called the angel of death, he was fascinated by twins. And so Ava and her twin sister Miriam were spared. Spared. Because for the next eight months, they were subjected to human experimentation. And oftentimes, her sister Miriam was the control. So the experiments were done on Eva to see what was, what was the results going to be. And, and just some inhumane and shocking medical experiments were done on her that are almost too awful to describe. And somehow, Eva managed to survive. She survived for the eight months that she was at Auschwitz until the Red Army liber liberated the concentration camp in January of 1945. And she, she survived, she made it. And eventually she moved to the United States, became a U.S. citizen, and actually moved to Terre Haute, Indiana, where she lived until just a few years ago when she passed. And in April 2015, she was actually invited back to Germany to testify at a trial that even all these years later, if there are Nazis that are found, they'll still prosecute them, still put them on trial. And she, she came to testify at the trial of Oskar Gerning, and he was the accountant of Auschwitz. Oskar Gerning was the accountant at, at Auschwitz. He was 93 years old at the time of the trial. And so, like, the things that transpired, he did as a very young man. And Ava came and testified at, at his trial 
He was the one who managed the money and the valuables of those who were shipped to Auschwitz. And he was charged with 300,000 counts of accessory to murder. And after she gave her testimony at Gurning's trial, she wanted to thank him for acknowledging his crimes, that he, he actually admitted, he acknowledged what it was that he had done and, and the evil that he had been a part of. And she came to him and wanted her to know that she thanked him for acknowledging his crimes and to let him know that she forgave him. And this is actually a picture, if you can put it up, of her and Oscar Gurning. She came over and embraced this man, and he gave her a kiss on the cheek. This man who was a part of a machine that murdered her mother and father, that killed her two older sisters, that experimented on her, and, and, and he was a part of a machine that hundreds of thousands of people were killed at his hands. Not, maybe not his hands, but he was, he was a part of the process. And at, after Oscar Gurning's trial, she said this, and, and this, this just stuck out to me so much. She said, my forgiveness had nothing to do with the perpetrator, had nothing to do with Oscar Gurning himself. I had no power in my life until I realized I had the power to forgive. When a victim chooses to forgive, they take back power from their tormentors, but it has to be their choice. I mean, those are some powerful words right there. Some powerful words right there. I, I know forgiveness is not easy. It was not easy for Ava to forgive Oscar Gurney. And I want you to know, like, if... if if you're walking through and dealing with some really significant hurts and some, some wounds in your life, that you've been holding on to some unforgiveness, you say, all right, I get what you're saying. I want to. I'm struggling with the how. I'm struggling to be able to put this down on the floor and not pick up that unforgiveness again. If, if, if you're struggling with it, I want you to know we're here for you. We, we have some amazing elders at our church, myself. I, I would be more than happy to talk through it with you, to pray through it with you. Because like I said, I, I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you've encountered. But I do know God wants you to be free. I do know God wants you to set it down and he wants you to be healed and he wants you to be whole. So if you would, would you stand with me and let me just pray over our church family today. Father, God, I thank you so much, God, for your amazing grace, your amazing love, the forgiveness that you have extended to every single one of us, God, that none of us deserved. Lord, I thank you, God, for the gift of forgiveness. Lord, that you haven't, you haven't called us and asked us to forgive because it's fair, because it's right, but God, you've asked us to forgive because you love us, because you want us to be whole, you want us to be healed, you want us to be free. And Lord, I want to see my church family experience that freedom. Lord, I want to experience that freedom. God, there are people that have done some things that I'm struggling to let go of. And God, I'm asking for you to give me eyes to see. Give all of us in this room eyes to see the people that have hurt us through the same eyes that you see. God, that we didn't deserve, we didn't earn. There's no, there's no reason why you had to forgive, but God, you chose to anyways. 
And God, I pray for my church family. I pray for myself today. God, that we would choose to give that same forgiveness, even though it's not deserved and it's not earned, even if it's not asked for, even if that person who hurt us isn't even alive anymore. God, that we would be able to let go. And God, that you would do a healing work inside the hearts of your people. God, I pray for healing. For those, those, those wounds that are raw. That the moment we think about it, our stomach tar- starts to turn. The moment we think about that thing that was done to us, that thing that was said to us, that still crushes us inside. God, I pray for healing. And Lord, God, maybe the, the process of forgiving, God, that you're gonna work that through in us. And God, that gradually, bit by bit, we're gonna start to be able to let go and set that bag down. And God, offer that same thing that you freely gave to us. God, I pray for my church family. God, that you would give us the grace, give us the faith to forgive. God, we thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.